Welcome in. This is the latest edition of the Character Concerned Podcast. My name is Chris Nocero. I am joined, as always, by my guy, Jay Binkley. We did it. We finally did it. We have completed the regular season and the championship weekend for college football. I remember when you and I were sitting here looking so forward to the season. Like yes. We had two weeks left. And yeah. We got week zero. Remember week zero previews? Week zero was fun, week man. Week zero. <laughs> now we have all that information from the prospects. We've added new ones. Raised some, lowered some prospects since then, but now's the uh, now's the fun season because now you start to get players going to the Senior Bowl, whatnot, the Combine, and then of course leading up to the NFL Draft. But uh, we're finally here. I'm going to miss the college football season. It's going to be still fun to watch the uh, playoffs and the bowl games. They will not have a lot of NFL prospects in them unless they're freshmen or sophomores. Yeah, I mean this is. I mean it's funny because like. A lot of the bowl games that we're going to be watching here over the next month or so, they're going to be previews for next next season. It's going to be a lot of players who do not get a ton of playing time, getting opportunity to go out there and show what they can for the 2024 season. Because most of these top prospects aren't going to risk any sort of injury in a meaningless bowl game. So most of those guys are going to sit out. Like if you're a first-round pick, if you're someone who is looking to be drafted in the first round, you're probably not going to risk it um, unless you're, you know, you really feel like you can improve your draft position with another great performance. But really, most of these guys are going to benefit more from the senior bowl and from the combine and from individual workouts, pro days, all of that. That's going to be more important than that one bowl game. And so right now, for many of these top prospects, their season's done. So it'll be really interesting yeah. to see what those younger guys do with the opportunity the opportunities that they're given in the bowl games. Well, we got to see them uh, play last weekend, probably for the uh, a lot of them the last time until yeah. we see them uh, so at we the see combine. Him in, in the senior bowl, I'm really looking forward to because that's the evaluation period, especially now they're letting juniors go. Yeah, and not you know fourth year juniors, uh, the few that they did let in, and really you know it's that week, it's that week they do show it on the NFL Network most of the time. But that's the lead-up. That's more important than the actual game Yeah, is seeing uh, guys from smaller schools go against the big dogs and everything else. It makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it will be a lot. I, I'm really looking forward to Senior Bowl week. Um, I'm really looking forward to the game, Shrine Bowl, all of that. That'll be really fun. And then, very quickly, we'll be on the com- we'll be on to the Combine. And then, once we get to the Combine, now we're going to really start to tick up here in draft season. So, um, even though college football season is done, even though the NFL regular season is starting to enter that home stretch as we get to December, it's very much starting to get into the prime season for us as we get into the actual draft season. And now these mock drafts are going to be a little bit more educated than they were back in August. And we're going to start to see some of these guys really solidify where they're going to be in the draft. And, that to me is is incredibly interesting to to look out for, but I want to start with a professional team that we follow, the Kansas City Chiefs, and how I think their performance lately really kind of showcases uh, their strategy for next year's NFL draft. And and I, I want to start with the offensive line. I don't know how many mock drafts you've looked at recently, Bink. But, uh, about 10 a day to be yeah, I, looking I was doing that before the show. Yeah. I waited between shows. I stayed yeah. here instead of driving around. But uh, 
even some uh, you know deep mock drafts. Yeah, they I, went several rounds. Yeah, I saw, I saw some seven rounders. Right yeah, and yeah, so I've been looking at a lot. I've been doing some mock drafts. Next week, we're gonna do a first round mock for the entire league. And how many picks are you doing with these? Because I have a lot of people send them to me because they should get two comp picks. Yeah, I, just, no, this is just first. This is just first round. This is league wide. This is just first round. We're not going to do a Chiefs one yet because I want to wait until we get the comps first because I don't want to go out here and make like seven picks and they don't have all seven picks. Oh, yeah. I want to wait until we get the comps first before we start doing that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I want to do a first-round uh, mock draft next week. We can kind of get a feel for the valuation of these guys. I think the valuation is going to change, but I kind of want to get a, an initial barometer of that. But I want to start with the Chiefs, their offensive line, is I think going to be really interesting here over the next few weeks. And mainly that has to do with the left tackle position. Donovan Smith has been the starting left tackle for the entire season. But what was it two, was it 2 3 weeks ago when it was brought up, we brought up here on the on this podcast, Wanye Morris he was dressing for games, and he even got a few snaps. He got a snap about three weeks ago, then he played five snaps against the Raiders, mm-hmm. in which he had two pancakes within those Yeah, five. he destroyed he destroyed his the ops in the run in the run game. This week, this past Sunday night, they played the Packers. They unfortunately lost. Wanya Morris comes in a little bit in the first half. Please, what is it, the entire second half he played? Yeah, he started the second half. Donovan Smith ended up uh, coming back in, I yeah. do believe, there. In the second half, and you know, Wanye comes in, he gives up a sack right away. Yeah, and Mahomes first is, first so, pass block attempt. Yeah, he he sacked, Mahomes was sacked three times, which yeah. you know, in a half, it's never happened to him before. Chiefs had the fewest sacks in the NFL, only giving up fourteen. So there's some experience in that offensive line. But here's kind of my thing with Wanye Morris going in there. I, I like this for so many different reasons. One, Andy Reid um, doesn't trust rookies in two different positions. Mm-hmm. One of them is quarterback. I mean, he's not a huge fan of rookies anyway, but yeah. quarterback and left tackle because he considered those so important, and I understand why. And you look like Nick Foles was – Chase Daniel was here, and then you know Nick Foles is released. They bring in him. It's Chad Henney. It's Matt Moore. It's guys that weren't you know spectacular NFL players, but guy, Chad Henney. But guys that could handle it because you don't want to have a situation where a backup comes in it's going to pee their pants. You know, a rookie quarterback is going yeah. to pee their pants. And you don't want to ruin that rookie, too, no. by throwing him in a situation that they're not prepared for and it messes their but head But this up. team's got Mahomes. It's not about the Belving. That's the thing with Michelle. You know, people like Shane Michelle, and I kept saying, who cares? He's never going to start here. It's Patrick Mahomes. Like, who cares about his development? Their job is not to develop quarterbacks for the future. These guys have already been developed. You refine them, and it comes down to who do you trust, and we saw last year, use it for example because it happened, who do you trust in a 98-yard drive in the playoffs to get the job done without peeing their pants and being able to handle it. Chad Henney did that. Led the Chiefs down 98 yards. They get a touchdown. That's why he was here. That's why they want. Um, so as much as we wanted a quarterback last year, like, you know, just keep throwing darts, do that New England Patriots way of taking a quarterback in and flipping them uh, for picks that we've seen so often many times with that team. Blaine Gabbert became available. They jumped on it because they, again, not superstars in the NFL, but guys with NFL experience, uh, they covet. And then the other one's left tackle. Juwan Taylor had some experience, NFL veteran. They're going to move to left tackle. Clearly, he got here and like, okay. They're we, like, we, yeah, we, you're not a left tackle. we got to do something else. <laughs> so they give you Donovan Smith that had a, kind of an off year last year. But he was the blindside protector for Tom Brady. And by the way, he came off an offensive line that gave up the fewest sacks in the NFL. So that was experience. 
So when Wanye comes in there, I'm like, okay. I like the versatility. I like the fact he's a left tackle for several reasons. One, I believe the Chiefs need to hammer pass catchers in the draft this year. It's time. And when the, when the, when the question is out there about a left tackle, because it's going to cost you a lot in free agency. If, they, if you go out and get a tackle to come in here. A couple years ago, COVID year, it was Sam uh, – it was, uh, it was Eichenberg, Sam Cosme, Alex Leatherwood, all these guys. But they never ended up being left tackles. Chiefs made the right decision. They took the call from the Baltimore Ravens and ended up getting Orlando Brown out of the deal. Well, the Chiefs don't have a ton of money. And not only that, they need to spend their first draft pick on a wide receiver. That is evident. Last year, it's just been two darts in, in Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice. They have got to be able to go out and get receivers. And I think Wanye Morris can be that guy. Yes, he gave up a sack. But he came in cold. No pun intended. It was cold there last night. But you come off real quick off the bike. Hey, get in there, Wanya Morris. And all of a sudden, you're in the game. And he had to know he probably could get in there with Donovan Smith had that because he was on the injury report the last two weeks with that neck. So he goes in there, gives up a sack, settles down, and really had some really nice run blocks in the running game for Isaiah Pacheco uh, that was crucial and did a nice job pass blocking once he kind of got that sack out of his system. But, man, they need, I, I feel they need him to develop more than any rookie. Like they got because they might have to have this guy as a starter at the most coveted position on offense, the left tackle to protect your uh, to protect your team, your franchise, Mahomes. Yeah, I, I I said this a few weeks ago. The fact that he was dressing as a rookie tackle when I mean Darian Kennard wasn't dressing last year when he was a rookie tackle or a rookie tackle option. He was you know kind of floating between guard and tackle. Uh, but I, I was like, yeah, he the fact that he is dressing now. And the fact that they felt comfortable enough to put him in showed me all I needed to know. Yeah, because Reed will trust the rookie. I mean, right, huge. I know because like they just don't do that at the tackle spot. I mean, they'll put. I mean, Eric Fisher was a right tackle his rookie year in the league because they had Brandon Albert. They could have very easily traded Brandon Albert and put Eric Fisher in as the. Uh, as the starting left tackle, Especially they really wanted to. Your franchise, everybody yeah. knows. He's your you franchise. You could have done it, but instead, he's the reason like, you're no. going to the Hall of Fame. I was speaking to Andy Reid. He probably gets in there because of his career milestones. But those two Super Bowls, Mahomes helps to get. Let's let's you know. It's face that's uh, that helps Andy Reid go down in history. He's one of the greatest coaches ever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it made total sense that they would not put Wanye in any sort of situation that he's not prepared for. And yesterday, last night, they gave him so many opportunities. They gave him a great opportunity to show what he could do. He's a killer in the run game already. Like, seriously, from the, the, the first run block snap he took against the Raiders, he mauled that guy. Whoever the hell that, that, that edge rusher was, he mauled his ass. He plays with the temperament of the new line. It's, yeah. it's a nastiness about him. Trey yeah. Smith's got it. Creed Humphrey's got it. Jeff yeah. Tooney's got the nastiness. Oh, yeah. And they love that. Like, they love that. Juan Andy, Taylor's got the penaltiness. Yes. Yeah, he does. He, he's, he's, he is but I think very, there is some nastiness there a lot. There is, but he's he's, he is, he's also very undisciplined. At least he's got that footwork done with that, that, right. that alignment. That, right. That was, yeah, that he's, got, he's, fixed, he's fixed that since week one. But... I think Wanye's shown a lot of promise. At least in the run game, he's a killer. Yeah, because they're not going to move Juwan over to left. No. Forget about that. Cause yeah, that's gone. It was hard enough for them to figure out you know, where to be at the line to get penalties. Right. But to ask this somebody to come in and then learn how to step with the left foot, much yeah. different. That's why they're kind of using Wanye there. And I truly believe Juwan stays on the right side. I think so, too. I think it's it was very evident from the very get-go when they got Donovan that they, were gonna, that they, didn't, they weren't super confident in Juwan as a, as a starting left tackle. The fact that they move Wanye over, because he was a right tackle at Oklahoma, 
The fact that they moved him over to left tells me all I need to know about what they think of him. And the fact that he got those. But he played some left side of Tennessee. That's he did. He did. But, again, that was, like, early in his career. That was before he transferred to, to Oklahoma. Before he got to know so. Trey Smith. Yeah. He was lined up next to Trey, who was the left guard at the time. So, um, But, yeah, I, I think that this bodes really well for the Chiefs in the draft. I think that this gives them the opportunity to potentially, yeah, just skip that whole position. Maybe third day you go get another Darian Kennard type uh, developmental guy that you hope could be a future tackle for you. But I think just like you said earlier, number one goal, go get you some pass catchers. Get you a receiver, get you a tight end, load up on talent because you're going to need it. This is an offense right now that is clearly deficient as far as playmakers go, skill position players go, and this is going to be the draft where you finally do what we've been saying the Chiefs needed to do for the last couple years, which is get some offensive talent. It's called loading a position, and we've seen this team do it. They've done it with defensive backs. Again, they had five rookie defensive backs playing the Super Bowl last year. You know, it's loading on a position. And again, okay, it's fine. You throw a dart at Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice. Obviously, I wanted more. Not going to happen. But, you know, with the fruits of labor there, with how good this defense is played, with the fourth-ranked uh, pass defense in the NFL. But I'm talking load receivers. Boom, boom, boom. You know, if someone doesn't work out, it's okay. If two of the three work out, perfect. That's what you want in an NFL draft. Um, I think three pass catchers, first three picks. I'm not kidding. Two receivers and a tight end. Like, I am loading up at that position. And you say, well, you know, it, it's time. It's time when, when Brett Veach got here, you know, Tyree Kill was already here, you know, established great receiver, Travis Kelsey, the greatest tight end of all time, already they, here. They signed Sammy, but yeah. that's, that's like the only big but move Veach that really they've made. But wanted Sammy because of the, the leadership, the blocking, yeah. and things like that. And he appreciated that. But now it is time to load for Mahomes. And why not do it? And again, I've used the example of Peyton Manning. Listen, he elevated talent around him. Brandon Stokely, yes, became better with Peyton Manning. Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison, might beg to differ. Might beg to differ. Mm-hmm. And well, Marvin's in the Hall of Fame. Reggie will get Reggie will But they might differ that Peyton Manning made him because you know, they're good receivers. Ain't, quarterbacks have these guys. Duper Clayton with Marino. Yeah, Tom Brady was able to do it. Well, because when he had Moss and Welker, he never won a title. But he put up those gaudy numbers. But again, you know, I, Giants and Spag stopped him. So that's it. But not everybody's Tom Brady either. And that was kind of a... You, had, you can't even. It really was a use different time. Example. Like his first three titles were a different time. Predicated by great defense. Yeah, it's kind of like the Chiefs, where you know the great defensive team early, then switched to offense, then went back to defense. And the Chiefs are playing a lot more defense, all uh, the 2015 Broncos with Peyton Manning, that then became you know winners on defense. But I'm for the loading process, and I remember talking to Veach a couple years ago. It was on the day shift. We got an interview with Veach. And, we asked him, you know, like, you ready? You ready to go out and get some talent around Mahomes? Because, but at that point, you know, the talent was already here. You know, okay, but eventually you're going to have to. And with only four guys predating Mahomes, this roster's already been flipped. It is time to get the talent for the future. Because right now, probably in a year or two, it's just going to be Mahomes, and that's it. Unless Winchester and Butker hang around, but Kelsey is not long for this NFL after one or this year or next year after that. And Chris Jones might end up with another team next year because those are the guys predated Mahomes. But Winchester and Butker might be here. But now it's time to load up on talent. I'm, t- I'm talking throwing three darts. This is where I've been the last couple of years. It's time. It is time to do that for the Chiefs. Hey, if two of the three work, perfect. 
But they've got it is what people say. Well, can Brett Veach draft a talented player on uh, a skill position? Because he's done so well on other positions. I'm like, well, yeah, but when you grade him on just drafting like one to be the guy, like Rice or Sky Moore, they better be good or he's going to get criticism. And Rice has been a very good rookie as far as rookie numbers are concerned. But give the guy two or three picks in a draft, and then we'll really judge it. The the league has become one of those leagues where you overload on talent as opposed to getting just enough. Because, look, we know how this game works. You miss on picks. They they It looks like they missed on Sky Moore. Like, that's just that's what it looks like right now. Unless he has some crazy comeuppance here the next few we- weeks or even next year. It looks like they missed on Sky Moore, which, you know, look, he's super talented in college. We we all saw it. It hasn't panned out at this you level. You gave him Mahomes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gave him Mahomes and he still hasn't figured it out. So, like, that's. Not that, like he's Daniel Jones here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not like you were out here making a smarter than, uh, you know, smartest guy in the room type pick. This is a guy that many people thought was a potential late first round wide receiver. It hasn't worked out. That's I okay. I thought so too. I know, I, I know, I know. That. You mocked him, and 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 look, it, I like the pick. Clearly, we've been wrong about that. It happens. This I think is part right of about Christian Watson, though. By the way, yeah, <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, we really, we. I, I like, I liked him. You liked him, so yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly, he's looked good. Character there. concerns guy. Well, not not his character. Yeah, concerns, he's a small but school guy. Character concerns podcast guy. Yeah, but like my thing was just, I think you got to load up on talent whenever you're in that position. And Brett Veach, to his credit. Whenever there's a glaring issue with the team, he has overloaded that position group with talent. He did it with the defensive line. He did it with the cornerbacks. He did it with the offensive line. Completely overhauled, and those three position groups now are the strengths of this team. They have to now go out and address what right now is. I mean, right now, I don't think we've seen any position group be as deficient with this group as the wide receiver group has. Like, the O-line, it, that was one game that that whole thing fell apart. They, they were the fewest sacks given up right. in the NFL. So yeah. The run blocking has gotten pretty good. Yeah. The, the D-line was a problem, but they were still winning with the D-line. The defensive backs were a problem, especially 2018, you know. They've been a problem for years, but they still were winning. And they're winning right now with this receiver group. But, like, man, we can see that they can very well, much more than the other positions, cost them in the playoffs. And it's it's becoming a big problem. We do have a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel with with, uh, with uh, Rashi Rice. We're starting to see that a little bit with him. And uh, I love the fact that he's getting so many snaps. I love the fact that he's getting a lot more targets the last couple games. He's kind and, of perfect for what they need. You already have a catch guy. Because yeah. that's what Juju was. Yeah, I just don't think that... I don't think that Rasheed is the guy. I think he's a very good, but I think he's what Sammy Watkins was in this offense. Well, bringing this thing full circle, Chris, is the fact that, let's go back to one name Morris. This is why he needs to develop. Yes. The Chiefs don't need to be thinking first round left right. tackle next yes. year. Because, hey, Felix, we're still waiting on that one as far as edge he's a, he's a He's a stash. And Karloff, that's what they, you know, they, it's not, let's keep in mind they have drafted two first round edge rushers. So now... I do, again, I think they're more of a free agency side for the left tackle or a guy that's already been here in the system and got NFL experience now that Wanye does. But bringing it back full circle, the development of Wanye Morris enables the Chiefs to be able to prioritize wide receivers 
in tight ends the first round. That's why Wanye Morris is incredibly, incredibly important to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, he's he's vital to their plans. Left tackle such an important position. Being able to solve that issue with a rookie third-round pick is the dream that I think Andy and Veach envisioned when they took that kid. When they were picking him, they were like, this guy could potentially solve all our issues with our offensive line, save for, you know, eventually the Juwan Taylor situation. Um, you know, hopefully he stops getting penalized so much because he's, he's the most penalized player in the NFL right oh, now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, so if they can get that situation figured out, if – if Jawan Taylor can be more disciplined, if Wanye can really develop into a solid left tackle, well, now you are you fix your wide receiver problem. Going into next season, all of a sudden, like, what what's the weakness of the team? If the wide receiver room is not an issue, if your tackle spots aren't the issue, what's your weakness? Yeah, look, look at this as far as uh, Wanye is concerned. At Tennessee, by the way, 2020, or 2000, let's go to 2019. An SEC all-freshman team member, member of 247 Sports True Freshman, named to the Athletics midseason Freshman All-American game, started 12 of 13 games at left tackle, okay, including the Gator Bowl. So then the next year he started five at left tackle, and two starts were blocking tight end in the team's jumbo package. So showing that versatility. Then 2021, he moves to Oklahoma, played in six games in a backup role at left tackle. And then by 2022, second team all Big 12, played nine games and started eight at right tackle. So there you see his versatility. Started at right tackle, left tackle Tennessee, right tackle at Oklahoma, and tied in in jumbo packages. But this is what they wanted. Like this is – and keep in mind, he knew Trey Smith back when he was at Tennessee. Yeah, so it bodes well for them. I'm sure that they talked to, to Trey a lot about that during the draft process about Wanye. So they can kind of get a character witness there, if you will. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I think this was a great development. I was really happy. I was saying during the first half, they got to put Wanye in because Donovan Smith is clearly not healthy and he's a problem. And Wanye has looked good in the little time that we've seen him other than giving up the the pressure that he did against the Raiders and then and then the sack against the Packers. But you see something in him. I think he's so. low-key one of the more important draft picks. For teams, considering everything we're saying. Yeah. The fact that, you know, so they can prioritize uh, other positions. Because all of a sudden, if he didn't pan out and he was terrible and we're sitting here going, they need a left tackle. They don't have the money to go out in free agency and get one and sign their players. What are they going to do? Like, it's so important for him to develop. So now that the regular season is done, um, now we're starting to get a lot of news coming out in regards to uh, our – Various players from around the league who are uh, not from around the from around the college football who are announcing that they are entering the transfer portals. Some of them you're already starting to hear links to other squads. It's over a thousand, man. Yeah, it's over a thousand. <laughs> this is the the most that have entered the transfer portal, and it's probably going to be a lot more because we're still getting announcements coming in. Um, the the highest before I think was last year was 775. So now we're talking about massive numbers. I mean, this is. Uh, on the scale, this is, you know, basically NFL, NBA, free agency on steroids. Um, but the biggest names here, a lot of these are quarterbacks here. So, big names here, Riley Leonard, quarterback for Duke, who is linked to Notre Dame. And uh, that would be a big get for them. Surprising, considering that Riley Leonard was a guy that many people thought could be a potential first-round quarterback did, yeah. in next year's draft. 
Um, but I do think that a lot of that hype started to wane a little bit. Middle of the season, he had some injury issues, and uh, he's now you know looking to transfer. So I think that's off the. Block. And as Matt Rule, the coach of Nebraska, said, you know, it's cost you one or two million dollars to get a quarterback, or up to six or seven million. Yeah. yeah. Quarter- and here's here's the thing with it, man. Uh, Riley Leonard, he will be an NFL quarterback. It might be a day one selection when it all turns out. But a lot of times people are looking for that right fit, the right system, the right coach to help them get to the NFL. Because if not, I think they'd go. I know the deal money is good. It's still not potential long-term NFL money. Uh, but, you know, for the floundering around guys like, you know, Will Howard, it's going to get an opportunity to make one or two mil. Who knows if he ends up making the NFL or drafted in the seventh round or undrafted. For eight, there's no guarantee. But he can make a million or two million. But I do feel a lot of these guys are using this to get experience to go to the next level because a lot of these guys that are transfer quarterbacks in the portal you view as NFL draft picks. Yeah, these are guys that we've talked about as potential draft picks in in it's you know in some level, and I think these guys are looking mainly. I mean, the big thing is you want that first round pick because you want that fifth year option because that fifth year option means that you're going to make a lot of that fifth year is. Like, a lot of people don't understand. The fifth year is huge. It could be pretty huge. Like, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be going into his fifth year next season. And I think it's, like, around $30 million for that fifth-year option. It's Obviously, it's predicated a on— A guy that transferred himself. It's Yeah, he transferred from Ohio State to LSU. There's a lot of money in it for that fifth year. And there's, you know, certainly some good security because you can sign a contract after your third year— so these guys want to go and get that money because it's just, it increases their earning potential long term. Um, so yeah, you you brought up Will Howard, quarterback for K State. He was, I mean, originally you were hearing stuff like Notre Dame, but obviously now with Riley Leonard, that's not going to happen. Um, then you have DJ Uyagalale, quarterback for Oregon State. He's entering the transfer portal for the second time in his career. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, he's entering the portal. Pro Kyle quarterback McCord. prospect for sure. Yeah, that was a guy that you were hearing as a potential first-rounder. Uh, Kyle McCourt, quarterback for Ohio State, he's entering the portal. Uh, Dylan Gabriel from o- uh, Oklahoma, he is entering the portal. That one surprised well. me uh, quite a bit. Also, another one that's going to get uh, – it's already getting big-time looks from a lot of schools. Cam Ward from Washington State. Yeah, Cam State. Ward from, he's from already Washington getting a, State. He's yeah. getting a lot of looks. Uh, yeah. This will be his third school. Yeah. And, you know, for, for a guy like him, late in the year, Washington State started to pick up a little bit of steam there, and so he was getting talked about a lot. Um, a couple of other names haven't officially declared from what I've seen, but guys who have been rumored to be in the transfer portal, one, uh, one being K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas. That was a guy that you saw as a potential first-round pick in this year's draft. I wasn't buying it, though. I wasn't buying it either. But he Too was a name that was tossed around. Yeah, yeah, very inconsistent. The other one being Talia Tonga-Vailoa from Maryland. Settled passing records. Yeah. He's smaller than Tua. He's smaller than Tua. And you were, it's funny, it's like he was saying before the season, he was already getting like seven-figure offers yeah, to he transfer might be, He might be just good at passers, Tua. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be an option there. He could be a big get for uh, one of those bigger schools looking to kind of bridge the gap with uh, between, you know, their quarterback that they had this year and a young quarterback that they're trying to develop. So um, those are the big names there that are being thrown out as potential transfers in uh, for, for the 2024 season. So um, this will be, I think, really interesting because this will affect how some of these guys – end up in the in the 2025 draft because i i 
I mean, Riley Leonard jumps off as a guy who could end up being the top quarterback in his uh, draft class. Unless Quinn Ewer stays. Yeah, unless Ewer stays, which you've heard some stuff about that, but I kind of think that Ewer's is going to go because I think he's going to get somewhere in that mid-first-round grade. There's going to be – I think there's going to be a team there that'll that'll try to go out and grab him. Um, yeah, yeah Talia has uh, set the record for big – <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ta- I mean, Taco Vailoa could end up being one of the top guys in, in the 25 draft. Um, Tyler Van Dyke is another guy that had some fanfare early in the season – after that just absolute collapse in that game where they should have knelt, that was basically the end of it for him. But, you know, he's a he's a guy that you look at. Uyaga Lale is another guy that, like, you see some of the physical aspects of an NFL quarterback. He just hasn't put it together completely. And and so, like, yeah, I, I, I think that there's some really good names here, and I think that these are guys that will definitely be shortlisting a year from now to potentially be a uh, a first round quarterback in the twenty five draft. Um, so as for the guys who are, as far as we know, still in the running for the first round, those guys obviously Caleb Williams from USC going to be uh, the top quarterback taken in this draft. Who's admitted he's not playing in the Holiday Bowl? Yeah, which makes obvious obvious sense he's got to protect his body because he's probably gonna be a day one starter for most of the Knicks said that he would play yeah which doesn't make any game. sense doesn't make any sense um he has time to change his mind but uh Drake May from UNC is all but for sure going to be the second quarterback Jaden Daniels has really started to fly up draft boards and is looking like he's going to be the third quarterback and probably a top 10 player taken in the first round of the draft J.J. McCarthy is still somehow being considered a first-round pick by a lot of people. Um, I'm very confused by that because he hasn't played well in a month, in almost a month and a half now. Uh, Bo Nix, name you just brought up, is certainly going to be one of the more intriguing guys and I think might be the most undervalued of the players here. And then Michael Penix Jr. as well could also be one of the more undervalued quarterbacks in this draft class. So, He's going to Fiesta Bowl as Bo Nix. Yes. So those are the names that are being thrown out here as potential first-round quarterbacks. And there's a lot of interesting names that we've seen. I mean, we've seen some – over the years, we've seen some pretty hefty quarterback-centric first rounds in the NFL draft. Um, one being in 2018 where we saw five guys go in the first round. Actually, one of the better quarterback drafts that we've seen in a, in a while. The record, 1983, with the six quarterbacks taken, obviously. Um, it's, you know, that was the famous quarterback draft in yes. 83. We saw five go in 18 and 99. 99 was kind of funny. Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Akili Smith, Dante Culpepper, Cade McNabb. Only two of those one guys were really ever good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, McNabb for sure. McNabb and McNabb Culpepper. McNabb and Culpepper are the only two guys that were really good at 2018, that. Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, and Jackson. There's three of them there. Mayfield's made a career out of himself. Yeah, he's been a, a good journeyman. Josh Allen, for sure, yeah. and Lamar Jackson, for Lamar's sure. Lamar's been great, yeah. So, you know, those are those are some good drafts there. Um, so there's definitely options there at quarterback, and that would help the Chiefs because it gives them uh, – it basically takes up some spots that could help push some of these wide receivers down in the first round and help them get a, a better pass catcher – for them, but there's also talk of what we're going to see first round wise with wide receivers. How many of these guys are going to be drafted in the first round? I think it's going to be a lot 
the first round wide receivers here. And some mocks have seven and eight. The yeah. record seven, two thousand four, seven. Honestly, Chris, I've had this feeling we're going to have six first-round quarterbacks. You mentioned there, I think, all those guys, potential, who knows, with McCarthy, we'll see what happens. But Ewers would be thrown in the first round if he goes. Let's not forget Spencer Rattler. He's probably had day two selection for South Carolina. He's really resurrected his career there. But if he had, let's say, say he had five, low-end five quarterbacks, and receivers don't hit seven, and I think the record's 13 in the first two rounds. Would say that you have six first round receivers. That's eleven players off the board between just quarterbacks and receivers. So you picking at thirty one or thirty two, all of a sudden you're picking at like twenty. Then all of a sudden you don't have to make a big jump, uh, like we thought. So very important for wide receivers and quarterbacks to be selected. Yeah. So the list of guys who kind of been thrown out there as potential first round picks: Marvin Harrison Jr., who I think is going to go right after Caleb. I think he's going to go second overall. Um, if it's the Cardinals that are there, I think the Cardinals get that. If it's the Patriots, I think he goes third overall. I think the Patriots will take Drake May. Um, but I think Marvin Harrison is going to be the first non-quarterback taken off the board. Then you got Malik Neighbors, who I, is one of my favorite guys in this draft class. 86 for 15, 46, Man, and 14 crazy. touchdowns. That's if you crazy. Need him. Uh, I, I love Malik so much. Uh, Romo Dunze is another guy as well that is going to be, I think – either just in the back end or early in, in of the top ten or early in the teens. I, I, listen, Odunze is, is a game changer. He catches everything. To them. That's one thing. His hands are incredible. Yeah. But Odunze, a lot of times, top ten pick. And the one thing about him, he's at the great trio. Jalen McMillan has really turned it on since that uh, yeah, injury. Yeah, he, 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 he had a great game this past weekend. And Jalen Polk kind of had some rough games. I mean, he started to have some good games as of late, but Romo Dunze, 81, 14, 28, and 13 touchdowns. Unbelievable year. Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing from a lot of these first-round receivers is NFL-level production, like NFL numbers. And mind you, these guys, most of these guys played 12, 13, 14 games this year, and you're seeing them go out and put up NFL-level production. So, um, Keon Coleman is, I think, the unicorn in the draft class for wide receivers. He is a unique combination of size and speed, agility. He's incredibly athletic. He might be the most athletic of the receivers in this draft class. Kind of like a DK Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. He's just, yeah. Six he's, four, but he can be a return. He's six four with incredible speed. Right. And he's incredibly physical. I'm going to tell you this right now. Of the receivers, of the players in the combine, Keon Coleman is going to have the most eyes on him by the teams and he's the a media. Big dude, 6'4", as a kick returner, too. Yeah. I mean, he's that, you usually don't see, see that 5'10", 5'11". Yeah, usually the kick returners are smaller. The fact 50, that you've 6, got, 58, and 11. Yeah, mind this you, this is a guy who's like one inch shorter than Travis Kelsey, and he's returning kicks. So that's going to be super interesting to see. I, I think of the players in the combine, Keon Coleman is going to be the most interesting guy at the combine because of that combination of size and he speed. He himself into a top 10 pick. He could very well do that. If he, if he runs... And I, I've said this before. If he runs a sub four four forty, he is going to be the second receiver taken in this draft. He's going to go right behind Marvin Harrison Jr. You think he's going ahead of Malik? Yes. If he's sub four four, yes, hundred percent. If you get a guy who's six four two fifteen with his ability to to go up and and get the ball in the air, his vertically, because I think he's good. I think his vertical is going to be great. Six four about two fifteen two twenty. Yeah. Yeah, so you got him at that size, 6'4", 220. That's the size that T.O. needs to was. stay right there. Don't get yeah, up to no. 240. No, no, yeah, don't do that. 6'4", two, six, six, 220 is the size that T.O. was during his career. You get someone with that size and that speed, sub 4'4", 40, 
hundred percent he's going right after right after Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, Ad Mitchell, who I think is probably going to be a back end first round guy. Yeah, I've liked him for a long time. He's been mocked the Chiefs a lot. Again, we're talking six four wide receiver. Yes, and you know what? He's going to have to carry the load for Texans. Yeah, because an, an ankle was an ankle injury with Xavier I think it was Worthy. An ankle, yeah, yeah, Xavier Worthy is considered a first round uh, receiver too. But Jatavian Sanders, the tight end. Ed Mitchell's going to be counting on it a lot. And he, yeah. he transferred from Georgia back to Texas uh, to be closer to his family and all that. But Ed Mitchell's an absolute stud. Uh, Xavier Leggett is another guy that we've, you know, we've I've brought him up as a, a moneymaker guy uh, in the past because of his production there uh, at South Carolina. He had t- over 1,200 receiving yards this year. Xavier Leggett is also, he's big. He's 6'3". He's big, dude, yeah. And he's just a guy that does just about everything. I mean, big, physical, wide receiver, 6'3", to about 230 pounds. Yes. I mean, this guy is a big dude. I'm very curious about his 40 time. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr. is going to be really intriguing. This is a guy I really like for the Chiefs. It it was funny. What was it, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I I compared him to MVS. I'm sorry about that, Brian. (laughs) I will never do that again. I actually, watching him play more, I kind of feel like he's a T. Higgins type. Like, he's just, he's 6'4". He's not like super big in terms of weight wise. He's like right around two hundred, just a but shade he's over four. But he's six four. He's got long arms. He uses his size well. But he's also got some speed to him. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he was sub four five. He was like somewhere in the mid four fours as far as forty time. He's got some speed to him. Like yeah, I know he looks tall and lanky, but he's got a little speed to him. But six four two oh five. And the one thing about him too is. You know, 60 catches for 1,079 and 15 touchdowns. Keep this in mind. He played with Malik Neighbors. Yeah. He, Malik had 14 touchdowns. He has 15. Both of them over 1,000 yards. But, again, the the part that I get scared about a little bit is Number attention two. from defensive backs. Yeah. Like, how much attention was Brian Thomas getting if Malik Neighbors, you know, was kind of the go-to guy yeah. for LSU, and that's where the concentration and, was. And I get that. And, and we've talked about this. And with having the, a quarterback like Jaden Day. We've you know? talked about this with Emeka Egbuka. But I don't think he's I don't think he's the guy that's like the number two, you know, who's benefiting from coverage, uh, being focused on on neighbors. And the reason why is because like you watch that that guy on film, he looks like an NFL wide receiver. He plays like an NFL wide receiver. He wins those 50-50 balls. He's really good at route running. He's one of those guys that like if he's deceptively fast. You know, he just looks like a big, tall, slow guy. And then he makes that one cut and he's gone. And he's a guy that's great after the catch. Like I, I think he's got. I think he's got what it takes to be a very, very good NFL wide receiver. I really like Brian Thomas Jr. a lot. Um, and I think that you know if he were there in that late first round, at, in that late first round situation, I, I think he'd be a great option for the Chiefs. Wide receiver workouts are going to be. The thing to watch at the combine. Xavier Worthy, a guy you brought up, is another option as well. Returner kinda, as well. I kind of feel like he's probably going to be early second. Troy Franklin is going to be. I, I think Chiefs fans are really, really during the big whole, six three, eighty one catches, thirteen hundred yards, real fast. Uh, you fourteen know, he's a speedster. TDs. He can beat guys down the field. That's a guy I think is going to be talked about a lot in the the combine the as far as the Chiefs go. Oregon. Yeah, he was the main weapon for Bo Nix there, and one of the big reasons why they were so good. And then Emeka Egbuka. Let me see what his weight is, Troy Franklin, because he. I don't think he's that big. I think he's, he's really right emerged himself six three one eighty seven. So about six, oh, sorry, three, he's actually he's actually sub two hundred. And then yeah, Emeka Egbuka, who's you know, really from a production standpoint was not great, less than five hundred receiving yards this year. Um, but he was dealing with an ankle injury, right? And I've I, I've seen a lot of people still put him in the first round. I don't think he's a first round receiver. 
I think he probably ends up being late second, early third. But I do think that he will. I I, I, I want to see him away from Marvin Harrison Jr. Because I think I think Marvin Harrison Jr. drew the attention of the defense, and I think that allowed Agbuka to look better than than what he was. So I'm going to be interested to see what he does outside of that because I, I wasn't really impressed with him this year. This list we put together, it's funny because Johnny Wilson, if you throw him in with Keon Coleman at Florida State, but neighbors, Thomas, teammates at LSU, or the A.D. Mitchell's teammates at Texas. The good news is we're going to get to see some of these guys in the college football playoffs with Washington yeah. and Texas play. That's, that's, that's huge. And then, like, one name we didn't bring up, Johnny Wilson Jr., Keon Coleman's teammate at Florida State. Um, I think he's going to be a second-round guy. I mean – I would look at him the same way same way I would look at a, a Travis Kelsey type player where he's not going to like he's gonna be really interesting because he's either I think he's either gonna be like a Kelsey type or Mike Evans type. He's six seven, he's massive for a wide receiver. Uh I don't ever recall seeing a wide receiver his size. Usually tight ends are his size. So that's going to be really interesting to see what happens there because you kind of worry about the speed at the NFL level. And you don't see, I mean, tight end size wide receivers, I think the only one we've seen that had any real level of success was Devin Funches, And it wasn't a ton of success that he had when he was with the Panthers. It was a tiny, he had some success. You know, like Chase Claypool's. Is- <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> dude, he had the most big. He was a, he was a small tight end. That's oh, why dude, they put him in wide receiver. Combine way. Warrior being he was he was a workout he was like he was like oh what's his God. name uh, what's his name Don Tari Calvin Johnson he was compared to Calvin Johnson with his yeah. combine numbers he was like Don Tari Poe he was a workout warrior that just boosted himself because he did great at the combine and all of a sudden everybody was on him and yeah Chase is just he had like one he had a really good rookie season and that was it so um, yeah I I think there's a lot of really interesting wide receiver prospects there's a lot of guys that we haven't brought up that I think are going to be really interesting um, uh, was it. What is the kid from uh, Virginia? Is it Malik Washington? I think is his name. He's really interesting. I think he finished second in call in the FBS and receiving. Theo East, Missouri. If he enters, yeah. could be a you know nice mid round prospect. Yeah, and I, I think Ricky Pearsall at Florida could be a good third day guy who could be a, a potential Puka Nakua type guy. Uh, I think there's a lot of really intriguing names in, and Jay Michael Sturdivant as well from UCLA kind of a speedster type guy. I think he'll be really interesting too. I think this is a great wide receiver draft. I think the Chiefs at least should be taken And the good news is the Chiefs looks like at least two wide receivers. Yeah, Yeah, this is the year. Grab them. uh, You know, we said this, what was it, two years ago. We we were talking about if there was a year to draft edge rushers, 2022 was going to be the year to do it. And it worked out well for the Chiefs. They were able to get uh, uh, George Karloftis, and he's been great for them. He's eight sacks already on the year. Still got five games to go, so he's been awesome for them. Uh, I'm really interested to see what happens with the uh, with the receiver position because I think there's a lot of options for him. So moving on to our prospect recap, not a ton of prospects to to go over because there was only what seven games this weekend. In, well, ten uh, if you Power include five. the smaller schools. Yeah, if you include Division the smaller one, schools. Yeah, but Division one, yeah, there was like seven games. Um, Starting off, you've got the Washington-Oregon game. Uh, Washington pulls off the upset in that one. Bo Nix, 21-34 for 239, three touchdowns, a pick. He also had six carries for 69 yards. Yeah, he was showing his wheels. He was, he was their leading rusher uh, in that uh, Pac-12 championship game. Uh, his top wide receiver, Troy Franklin, had four receptions for 34 yards. 
So not a great performance from him, but Bo Nix, you know, really good numbers for him. You'll take that. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., 27-39, 319 with a touchdown and an interception. His running back, Dylan Johnson, 28 carries for 152 He's yards. really coming on strong. Really coming on strong here the last month, month and a half or so. He also had two touchdowns as well. Then for the receivers. Here comes the trio. The trio. The trio. They, they balled out. They balled out this game. Jalen McMillan had nine catches for 131 yards. The forgotten guy with the injury. I know. know he's he, been injured for the last month. But he was it, looked upon as a first-round pick yes. before the season started. And he's a guy I think second day could be a really good value for a team like the Chiefs. Romo Dunze, eight catches for 102 yards. And then Jalen Polk, to finish out the trio, had five catches for 57. It was kind of the uh, midseason kind of star form that really raised. Yeah. He was the guy I kept talking about. Like, hey, you talked about Jalen a lot, yes. You, but you, you know what? He had some, some games where you, you had to be a little concerned. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's going to, like, obviously combine season, pro day season is going to be really interesting for Polk and McMillan. But I think those guys could end up really solidifying their value second day if they uh, if they go out there and have good performances. The combine is going to be really important for them. But also, you know, con- you know, pro days and interviews with these with these teams are going to be really interesting as well. Um, for Georgia, you had Carson Beck, twenty one for twenty nine for two forty three. Carson Beck, I think, has probably played himself into being maybe a late second day pick. I don't know, man. Some of these mocks like him in the first. I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. I think he needs. He- NFL teams don't have at least 20 starts. Yeah. Like, a lot of times they do. So, yeah. could I see a situation where Carson Beck goes back 100% and he's quarterback one there? Yeah. I think there's Yeah, I think, I think there's a good chance he could go back. Uh, if he does go this year, I mean, uh, next year, I think he's probably a late second-day pick. Um, Brock Bowers, their, uh, their top pass catcher, five receptions for 53 yards. My favorite player next to Marvin Harrison Jr. in this draft. Yes. But a guy that had that tightrope surgery to get back. In the, some people are like, hey, man, just go and rest for the NFL. That's character. That shows a ton of character. Besides being an outstanding tight end, the best tight end, generational tight end we've seen for a while, high character guy. And I wouldn't be shocked if he decided to play in their bowl game, even though they're not going to be in the college football playoff. I wouldn't be shocked if he decided to play. 14-point favorites over Florida State. I know, right? <laughs> I, would, uh, well, I mean, to be honest, they're probably going to easily clear that line. I would not be shocked if he uh, if he played in that game. To be honest, I expect it considering the, his character. Uh, and then Lad McConkey, their other wide receiver, three He's really coming on strong. Yards. And he's moving up to second round in a lot of – because yeah, of his hands. I think, I think second day he's going to be – Runs he's great be routes, pick. fast. I mean, Yeah, he, ever since Brock Bowers got that injury against Vandy – He's really come on and turned into a reliable receiver for them. He was a guy I heard about a lot as a potential first-round pick. Didn't really play up to that level, but I think second day he's probably locked himself into unless he just has an ab- – unless he runs like a four six forty. I think he's probably solid lock for second day. Um, and then you have Dallas Turner for Alabama. He had a sack in that game in the uh, SEC Championship game. And uh, moving on to Michigan there, J.J. McCarthy, 22 uh, completions out of 30 attempts for 147 yards. I still don't understand why people think he's going to be a first Played a great defense. His numbers have slid. They've the slid back. Right when he Harbaugh like was gone, manager. they really slid. When he threw for yes. 60 yards in a game. Yeah, he looks like what, a Maryland. game manager. He does not look no, like what, an NFL starting quarterback. What game was the 60 yards uh, for McCarthy? I think McCarthy. it was a couple games ago. I think it was a couple it games ago. It wasn't Maryland. I don't think. They often struggled down the stretch for Michigan, but – there was a game he threw for 60 yards. It was like 68 yards, I, I believe it was. And it was just, it was an embarrassing performance for a guy who's 
Well, they still didn't throw it. They touted. didn't throw it. They just ran it every time. Still being touted as a first-round pick. I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Here, it was against uh, Penn State. It was against Penn State, yeah. But that still, was ugly on the year, 23-76, 20 touchdowns, three picks. Yeah, I just. And he ran for 250. Or, no, he ran for 146, threw for 26, 30, 19, and 4. He looks like a game manager to me. I That's not a guy I would take in the first round. That's just. I, I hope he it. goes in the first round, though. I hope he does. I hope he does for his sake and for our sake as Chiefs fans. But, man, I just, I don't see it. Then his running backs, Blake Corum. 16 carries for 52 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, not efficient at all. Like, uh, very un- very inefficient. It's been down a year for for Quorum, even though they're, yeah. they're where they're at. But that defense Michigan, yeah. great too. So Yeah, and then uh, Donovan Edwards, four carries for 28 yards. He's really taken a big hit. Because okay. I heard a lot of people think talk about him potentially being better than Quorum. But great block, great back. receiver. Ton of talent coming out of high school. He's probably going to be a third-day guy. and I, I think- can actually see him being a good pro. I think he'll be a good pro too. Like he's got the skill set that teams look for. With the I think he's, he's going to be one of those guys. He's going to be one of those guys. Pro, but he's going to be one of those guys that, like, this time next year, you're going to hear about him as a waiver wire pickup because some like the starter got injured and he came in and impressed. I think that too. I think Corum and uh, I think both Corum and Edwards will be good pros. I just don't think they're going to be great running backs or anything. Um, Johnny Wilson Jr., wide receiver for Florida State. Two catches, twenty-one yards. Not a very good game for Florida State offensively. They're down to the. They were down to their third quarterback against Louisville, um, with the injuries to to Jordan Travis and Tate Rodemaker. Uh, just awful situation for, for Florida State. Obviously, they were left out of the college football playoff because of their quarterback situation. Uh, but yeah, Johnny Wilson Jr. Two catches for twenty-one yards. Keon Coleman Mr. four six, catches seven. for nineteen yards. That's six-four and six-seven. That's yeah. why Florida State was able right. But you know what? You know the one thing about Florida State too is, really, I mean, well, Brock Glenn had this. They had a true freshman starting at quarterback. Yeah, and they really, they, like Jaheim Bell, didn't have any catches in that game. Yeah, Jaheim Bell didn't do anything in that game. I mean, I think they only had three, three, three receivers. It was, get it was Keon Coleman. It was it was Trey Benson, and it was Johnny Wilson Jr. Those are only three players that caught a pass. It's hard to judge him one. You know, had to go freshman. There. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to hold it against Wilson or, or Coleman for that performance because he know, was loaded. Had, they're loaded with talent, but yeah, there's nothing you can do about it with that. Which is, I think that's the reason why they did not get in the college football playoff, because you only have three receivers in that game, that three players in that game who caught a pass, and you you only scored 16 points against Louisville. So, um, moving on to Texas, who played, uh, who beat the hell out of uh, Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. Quinn Ewers, 35 of 46 for 452 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Quinn Ewers as far as uh, whether or not he'll come back. I kind of think he's going to go into the draft because I think he's going to get a first-round grade. Uh, I think that performance really helped him out, and I certainly will think that with Texas being in the college football playoff, he could boost his profile even more. So I think I think Ewers for sure is going to be in the draft. Um, as far as his receivers go, A.D. Mitchell had uh, six receptions for 109 yards and a touchdown. So, um Eighty, I think, really, really showed out he here. Got himself at the first round at this point. Yeah, I think he, I think he's, he's starting to really make himself some money. They're, they're going to count on him with Xavier Worthy ankle injury. Exactly, he's going to, he's going to be their big guy. Jatavian Sanders, man, had a game. My second best tight end. Yes, had a game. Eight catches, one hundred six yards, a touchdown. He also had a carry for twelve yards as well. You don't see a whole lot of tight ends out here getting rushing attempts, but uh, Jatavian got one, so he's looking really good there. 
Xavier Worthy, before he got injured, uh, we believe it's an ankle injury. He had six receptions for 86 yards. Also the returner. So, you know, this is a guy, if the Chiefs went with Xavier Worthy, I'd be very happy with that too. I, I like this kid a lot. He's super talented. He's a guy that can you can you can get the ball to down the field. And then a guy that you texted me about because <laughs> he made a play. I like he big guy big touchdowns, play. man. Love, we all love defensive fat guy player touchdowns. touchdowns. We all love those fat guy touchdowns there, whether it be a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. Tavondre Bro, he's Sweat. Bro, 6'4", 362. Who? Oh, Sweat. Oh, Sweat. Yeah, Tavondre Sweat got himself one reception, two yards, Athletic and a touchdown. Athletic ability, man. Man, like, that's always fun to see. Hungry Longhorn right. It's always fun to see that. Tavondre Sweat's going to be a guy I think is probably going to be a second-day pick at uh, defensive tackle. Uh, it was really cool to see him go out there and get a touchdown. So that's, that's it why for the Texas. It, it was recap. defensive lineman getting a touchdown. Yeah, it's always really – and, and te- that game, I mean, Texas was just on one. Um, they're just so talented. It just – it was going to happen that way. They were going to – they were – These teams are loaded with first-round picks. Loaded with talent. So, uh, you know, certainly uh, going to be – those. I mean, I, I certainly expect Texas will probably end up having some – one. you know, some of, if not the most impactful players in this draft class. So, I'm – like I said, I, I think that from what we've seen, there's a lot of great options for the Chiefs in the first round at wide receiver. Wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't. I'd be cool if they went Jatavian Sanders in the first round too, and that was receiver in the second round. Because I think there's a lot of good options for a second round at wide receiver too. So. Need both. I think you need both. Again, three pass catches. I think you need both. First I'd be cool picks. with Jaheim Bell as well. Jaheim Bell's probably a third round guy, maybe even a fourth round guy. So uh, he's a guy you could probably get later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm very excited about the prospects here. Certainly, we will continue to monitor the situation with these guys as we get deeper into college football playoffs draft fun with these guys college football playoffs gonna be a lot of fun um next week we are going to do a mock draft for the first round all 32 picks unless you know one of these teams gets their first round pick taken again we are going to do 32 picks next week here on the podcast kind of get a barometer for where these guys are going to land and where we're thinking the chiefs could be at come April, when that draft comes to, what is it, in Oakland next year? Detroit. Detroit next year. Green Bay the next. Now, I said Oakland. I meant Vegas. But, yeah, it's in it, the Super Bowl yeah, they, in Vegas. They, they, they moved everything out of they Oakland. They moved everything the out of there. Oakland, Just to feel sorry Oakland's for Oakland's about to lose their baseball team, too. They ain't about to have no sports. Oh, they already are, yeah. So, for Jay Binkley, I'm Chris Nocero. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Make sure you uh, subscribe to our podcast, download it, give us five stars, All that good stuff. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us. We'll see you guys next week.